So excited you're here and so excited to be a part of God of the Underdog series. And man, this has been such an amazing series. And if you've not been around Next Level for a while, then you don't know this, but the, the whole series is based around a book that our lead pastor just recently published called The God of the Underdogs. And man, this whole series has been amazing. So I want to welcome you guys to this. And not only you, but also those of you, we know that over 400 churches across America and across the world really are doing this God of the Underdog series. And so if you're watching, from one of your churches. I just want to say welcome to you. Or if you're watching online, welcome. We are so glad you're here and we're excited for what God is doing not only across the world through God of the Underdogs, but also what God is doing here through Next Level. Every week we hear stories of what God is doing. And man, for me to be a part of the series that I know is so cl- so close to our lead pastor's heart is absolutely amazing. So I'm excited for what's happening. I'm excited about today and being able to speak in this, very honored for that and to be a part of this. So today, uh, one of the reasons why I'm, I'm just, I feel like today is just going to be a, a fun time together is because we are talking about labels. And so when you walked in today, you got a name tag, and some of you, you filled them out and you put them on your chest. You're like, oh, are we doing name tags now at Next Level? We're not, actually. So um, uh, the, the, the reason why they're there, although everyone knows who you are now, the reason why they're there is because we are talking about labels and really going to focus on labels because here's the truth. We all have labels in our lives. We all have labels, uh, the ways that we identify ourselves in our lives. And so we're going to focus in on them and talk through the different labels that we have in our lives. Let me just kind of start off with the main point of the message today, because here's, here's the reason why. Because if you, uh, if you leave or if you fall asleep, you at least get the main point. So, uh, so, so here's the main point that we're going to focus on and talk about today. The labels we accept determine the life that we live. The labels we accept determine the life that we live. In other words, uh, one of the things as pastors that we do pretty consistently is we consistently do counseling with people. And one of the things that I feel like I repeat all the time when I do counseling is when people come into me, they go, I keep doing this thing or I keep acting this way or I keep behaving this way. How do I stop? And one of the things that I consistently point them back to or talk them into, and you know, I'm not a counselor, but if there's anything I know, it's this, that all of our actions stem from core beliefs that we have. That if you want to stop a habit, don't focus on the habit. Try to identify what the core belief is that is driving that habit. If you want to stop a certain way that you're acting, don't focus on the action. Focus on the core belief that is driving that action. Well, in the same way, the labels that we accept in our lives, the labels that we believe about ourselves, will determine the way that we live our lives. Now, it's not just the labels determine the way we live our lives. The labels we accept determine the way we live our lives. And the reason why I think it's important to identify is because most of the labels that we have in our lives are not there by chance. In fact, most of us have accepted those labels in our lives. We've actually accepted them. They weren't put on us. They weren't forced on us. We have chosen to accept them. Uh, for example, one of the, one of the labels that I have uh, in my life is I have the label of dad. I have the label of dad. That, that is a label that you would think, well, the reason why you are a dad or you, ex- you have the label of dad is not because you've accepted that label. It's because you had a kid. And because you had a kid, you are now a dad. But, but the truth is we all know people or we know of people that have kids but didn't accept the label of dad. They fathered a child, but they weren't really and haven't been a dad to that child. But for me, I decided or, or it was, you know, decided that the label of dad was a dad that I was, or, or a label I was going to accept. 
And because I've accepted the label of dad, it has determined in large part, in a lot of different ways, the way that I live my life. For example, one of the ways that this label of dad has changed the way I live my life or helped me determine the way I live my life is, is I had my son's fast pitch or machine pitch baseball. He's five years old, Carson. He's five years old. His coach sent me a text message. He said, hey, can you, can you help coach the baseball team? There aren't a lot of dads around. He tricked me and he manipulated me into coaching baseball, okay? And as a dad, I'm like, well, yeah, I, pro- I don't know. And he's like, no, we need you. Now, here's what he doesn't know. He probably knows now, but he didn't know when he asked me. I don't know jack about baseball, okay? I don't know anything about baseball. I am, I am probably, if we did a test, I am one of the least coordinated people here. I guarantee it, okay? I can't, for, for you, you throw a ball at me, I'm not going to hit it with a bat. I'm going to dodge it. Then I'm going to throw the bat back at you. I'm just not good. I'm just not going to be able to hit that thing. It just doesn't work out very well. The only thing I know about baseball is I know that you're supposed to take the bat and you're supposed to hit the ball with the bat. So as I'm coaching, here's what I got. Hit it! With the bat, hit it. And for catching, you know what I got? Don't let it hit you in the face, okay? (laughs) Protect the face, okay? Parents get mad when balls hit you in the face. That's all you need to do. And if the ball comes to you on the ground, use your feet. We're good. So I'm not, but because he asked me to do it and because I have accepted the label as dad, it is determined in a lot of ways how I live my life. It is not something that was put on me. It was something that I accept. Another label that I have personally, I have the label of pastor. I have the label of pastor. It is a label that I have accepted. And it determines the way I live my life. And it doesn't matter if I'm here at the church or I'm out at Target or if I'm out at a store. It, it affects the way that I live my life. And it determines in a large part the way I live my life. And so if someone comes up to me here and they have an issue, they need to talk about it. I'm a pastor. But if I'm at a grocery store and someone who I don't know comes up to me and talks to me, I'm a pastor. It is determined the way I live my life. Now, now the funny thing about the pastor being uh, one of the labels of my life, you know how sometimes you have labels that you put on yourself and you're willingly put on yourself, but then you get into situations and you're like, man, this is awkward, okay? Pastor is that label. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but if, if you have ever sat next to a pastor or any sort of religious figure on an airplane, it is one of the most awkward things for people, okay? Because what do you talk to a pastor about on an airplane, right? I mean, it's good if you're going to crash because he's there, he can help you. But besides that, like, they, and so, and so especially if you don't go to church, you guys are like, we would have a lot to talk about. Well, you go to church. If you don't go to church on a regular basis, like, you have to watch what you say. You can't reference, like, dirty movies. Like, yeah, like, people just don't know what to say. So, I'll, so here's what I try to do. I try to get people to talk as much as they can. So I ask question, 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 because as soon as they find out I'm a pastor, if they don't realize that I'm not like weird, and maybe I am and I don't know it, but if I'm not weird, people just shut down. So people will just talk and talk and cuss and cuss and talk and talk and cuss and cuss. And it's funny because people who know nothing about church, don't know anything about religion, don't know anything. As soon as I tell them I'm a pastor, and it's funny because people, you can tell that every other word's a cuss word. They're like, oh, uh, man. Well, like, wait a second. And suddenly... The Sky Magazine is the most important, interesting thing in the world. They don't want to talk. The same thing with getting your hair cut. Like, you get your hair cut, and they're like, what do you do for a living? And you're like, pastor? And they're like, 
Oh, my grandma lived by a church. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. Well, that's awesome. I have a grandma too. Um, and so, and so, but, but because I've accepted that, it is determined the way that I live my life. We all have different labels, and the labels we've accepted determine the way that we live our life. Some different labels that we may have on our lives. Mom is a label that you could have on your life. Friend is a label that you may have on your life. Spouse is a label. And as soon as you accepted the label of spouse, your life changed. And you go to bed a lot earlier now, and you don't party as much, and you don't have as many friends, right? As, as that, now, that's not me. I have a lot. I love you, sweetie. Hard worker is a label that you have. Uh, good looking. Good looking is a label that you may have. And, and if you actually have accepted this label, is you actually feel like you're good looking, I'm telling you, it, it affects the way that you live your life, and it changes the way that you interact with people and the way that you approach people if you feel confident in the way that you look. Another label uh, smart, smart's one that you may have. Athletic, you may see yourself as athletic. Funny, you may see yourself, that, that is a, that's a label that for me, I feel like I'm always throwing jokes, I'm always doing that. So if you see yourself that way, you view every conversation in a certain way. Now, you may see yourself as funny and not be funny like I am sometimes, but it may just be a label that you've accepted in your life. Talented, talented is another label that you may have, but we have all these different labels and whatever label that we have in our lives will determine the way that we live our lives and they will determine how we view ourselves and they affect every single interaction that we have with people. Now, those labels are all pretty positive, but I know that if we were to sit down, if we were to go aisle by aisle or if I was to sit down with you in my office and we were to talk and I was to put on my pastor hat and I was to be that for you and you were to tell me about some of the things going on in your world, I would almost guarantee that we all have some negative labels in our life as well. Some negative things that we define ourselves by, some negative things that are, that are causing us to live our lives in ways that we don't like. Some of the negative labels that we have in our lives, like ugly. Like ugly, some of us, we wear the label of ugly, and no matter what people say to us, how they say it to us, no matter how many people comment on the Facebook pictures, direct messages on Twitter, no matter how many guys ask you out, no matter how many girls flirt with you, there is nothing that can tell you that you're not ugly. Because people say, you look so good in that. And you think, no, I don't. I'm not pretty. I'm not good looking. And everyone has tried to tell you different, but you don't believe in it. Another one is unwanted, fat, dumb, fake, failure. And no matter how successful you are, you still feel like a failure because you feel like you can't get on top of what you need to get on top of. Inadequate, overdramatic, mean, a mistake. There was something, maybe it was from your parents or someone in your life, and they told you something, and you just view yourself as a mistake. And I don't know what it is for you, but let me just ask you this question. If we were to pull out our labels, and we were to write a word, and if I were to ask you, what is the negative label that you have in your life, what would the word be for you? What would we put on our labels? What is the negative label that we have in our lives? Now, the reason why it's important for us to identify this is because, and going back to the original point, the labels we accept determine the way that we live. And if we've accepted a certain label in our lives, 
if we've accepted a label that is true, if we've accepted a label about ourselves that is not positive, then we are inevitably living out and living up to that label because our beliefs determine our actions and the labels that we accept determine the way that we live. I remember when I was in 10th grade, and again, I've always kind of been a joker. I've always thrown jokes. That's sort of the way I process. I can't. There are times where a thought comes back here, and I can't catch it before it comes out here, and it's a joke, and sometimes it's funny, and sometimes it's inappropriate, which is dangerous to so give me a microphone, but we all rooted out, you know, the, the bad jokes and the other services, so that's good. So, so sometimes it's like that. And I remember when I was in 10th grade, though, and, and I made a joke, and I had this girl, and I made a joke to, like, one of the newer kids, and I had this girl spin around, and she said to this new kid, don't worry about him, he's just stupid. And I remember, I remember, and here's the interesting thing, because I've, I've always viewed myself as a joker and kind of funny, I, for years, every time I would say a joke, I would think, that was stupid. That was stupid. I'd say a joke and think I was stupid. And consistently throughout the day, consistently throughout my life, I was telling myself that I was stupid. And we have the ability to do that, and we tend to think that way. And the labels that we accept determine the way that we live and determine the life that we live. Now, for a lot of us, we accept that label as normal. And for some of us, we just have accepted that because there was a time when someone told us this and someone told us a label, and we've just determined this is just the way it is. This is just how I am. This is just me. And we've almost accepted some of the labels in our lives as such a truth and such a reality, we can't even think these labels have the ability to be changed. We think there's no way to actually change them because our parents told us so much. Our ex told us so much. Our current spouse tells us so much. Our, our kids tell us so much. I had a boss years ago tell me this, and I just can't seem to shake it. And we've accepted these, these labels as normal, and they affect the way we live our lives. But let me ask this. What if it were possible? What if it were possible for whatever word you were to write on your label, what if it were possible that that did not have to be your reality forever? What if it were possible that you didn't have to live in this reality forever? What if God could change our labels? Well, what we're going to do is we're, for the rest of our time, we're actually going to look at a story in a time when a guy had a label put on him, actually had a label put on him by his parents and it's actually it happened about 4,000 years ago. And a guy named Jacob was born. We're going to look in Genesis chapter 25. But a guy named Jacob was born. And his parents were Isaac and Rebekah. And Isaac and Rebekah had prayed years and years for, for a son or years and years for a kid. And they prayed and prayed and prayed. And it just wouldn't happen, just wouldn't happen, just wouldn't happen. Until one day God shows up and they get pregnant. And her pregnancy starts to it just messes with her. And she can't figure it out. So she prays. She goes, God, what's going on? And God reveals to her, he says, you have twins in your womb. Because they didn't have, all, obviously, all the machines 4,000 years ago to figure that out. He said, you have twins in your womb. And so the, in Genesis chapter 25, it gives the, it's, don't worry, it's a clean version, but the version of them being born. So in Genesis chapter 25, it says this. It says, when the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come was the first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment, so they named him Esau. They named him Esau. Here's the reason why they named him Esau. They named him Esau because in Hebrew, Esau meant hairy. Okay? So apparently in their culture four thousand years ago, there wasn't a lot of creativity. So basically the way you came out was the name you were gonna get. 
Okay, there were a lot of kids named Slimy back then. Just kidding. But, 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 uh, <laughs> I, I mean, come on, come on. Okay, all the women are like, come on, no, that's the birth process. Come on, men, we have been there. We know that's not as beautiful as we like to pretend that it is. So, so, um, so, so he comes out and, and they name him Esau. Then after Esau came out, it says after this, his brother came out and with his hand grasping Esau's heel. And so he was named Jacob. The reason why they named him Jacob was because as Esau was coming out, they saw this little infant hand grabbing onto, or at least putting his hand onto the heel of his brother. And there was a Hebrew saying that talked about that the one who grasps the heel. And it basically meant that that person was a trickster, a supplanter, a deceiver. And so they named him Jacob, and Jacob means Deceiver and Jacob lived his life with the with the label deceiver and from a little kid think about this from a little kid everyone called him deceiver since when he was a little kid they referred to him as deceiver and he only knew himself as deceiver and although we hear the name Jacob and it's a little bit of a common name now the name then meant deceiver so everywhere he went it was deceiver Deceiver, deceiver, deceiver. And you know why they named him this? They named him deceiver because as a baby coming out of the womb, his hand happened to be on his brother's foot. This is, this is the equivalent, because I was trying to think of what this is the equivalent of. This is the equivalent of having a baby that won't sleep at night and like naming it annoying or naming it like, like, like oh, you know what I mean? Like, right? It's that. But every day you're going annoying, annoying, annoying. Annoying, annoying. At some point, when you are called deceiver your whole life, you live up to that name. You live up to the label that you've been given. You've lived up to the label that you've accepted. And when we accept the labels in our lives, it determines the way that we live our lives. And Jacob accepted the label of deceiver, and he lived up to that, and Jacob was a deceiver. And if you read through his story, and, and we're not going to do that today, if you read through his story, time after time after time, Jacob deceived the people around him. He deceived his brother. He deceived his father. He deceived his father-in-law. He went, through, went, went throughout his whole story, and he consistently was a deceiver, deceiving the people in his life that he cared for, deceiving the significant men in his life that he cared for, deceiving the people around him. He lived his life as a deceiver. Because when we believe and when we accept the labels that have been put on us, they will determine the way that we live. And if you believe that you're a deceiver, you will be a deceiver. So Jacob actually found himself at the same place that we all find ourselves when we believe in a label that is negative and we actually accept a label that is negative. And he found himself at a place where he was desperate, he was hurting, he was alone. And he didn't know what to do. And it says in chapter 32 and verse 22, it says, That night Jacob got up and he took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, all of his family, and they, and they crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So he took everybody and sent them all over uh, to the other side. And then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. 
Now, the reason why it says that he was all alone, yet a man, man wrestled with him until daybreak, there are theologians that say that either one or two things are happening right here. One, the person, the man that Jacob was wrestling with till daybreak was an angel of the Lord. They say that he is actually an angel that has came to come down, and they get into a wrestling match, or Jacob wrestles him uh, throughout the night, and, and we'll see why they're wrestling, but they're wrestling him. The other thing that people say, and theologians have said, that they actually believe that Jesus came three times. Jesus came when he was born of Mary, when he was resurrected, and he came in this moment and came down, and he and Jacob wrestled. But so they're wrestling with him until daybreak, and then after that, it says, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip. So he touched his hip, and so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. So his hip was out of socket. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The reason why I am holding on to you is because I want you to bless me. And then I love this question. The man asked him, what is your name? What is your label? What is the thing that pe- how do people know you as? What do people know you as? Jacob, he answered. And then the man said, and I love this, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. In that moment, God changed the label that Jacob had lived with his whole life. So what I want to do to finish out our time, I actually want to look through three thoughts on labels, three thoughts on labels that we have in our lives. The first one is this. The first thought is one of the greatest ways for God to bless us is to change our label. One of the greatest ways for God to bless us is to change our label. See, so many times for us, we pray for blessing, and we pray for God to bless us. We're like, God, I want more of this, or God, I want a great marriage, or God, I want a great job, or God, I just want peace, or God, I want you to bless me. I want you to be with me. I want you to help me. I want you to be here with me. I need something. I need this. I need that. God, I want blessing from you, and we pray for God to bless us. I believe one of the greatest ways for you to have a great marriage, a great job, a great life, a great parenting experience, a great life, is not for God to give you a bunch of stuff, but it's for God to change our labels and to change the way we view ourselves because our labels will determine the way that we live our lives. And if he can change our labels, he can change the way that we live our lives. I remember when we were moving down here, uh, I went to my old youth pastor and I said, hey, I'm moving with Pastor Matt. We're going to go start a church. And at the church that I was working at at the time, I was a janitor. So I was a janitor at the time. And, and, and I said, hey, we're moving down. And this, my old youth pastor said, that's going to be great. I'm sure Matt's going to need like a really good maintenance person. And I remember in that moment, it was this feeling of I, there was a label that I felt like he was trying to put on me or that was put on me in that season, which is they will not see the potential on me. And coming down here, one of the greatest things about coming down here, I feel like my label has been changed. And one of the greatest ways for God to bless me was not to make me a pastor in that environment, was not to grow me up in that environment, was not to give me what I wanted in that environment. One of the greatest things that God ever did with me is that he changed my label. And I believe that's true for us. One of the greatest ways for God to bless you is not for him to give you what you're asking for. It is for him to change your 
label. The second thing that we see from this story is that in, in exchange for our label, God often gives us a limp. In exchange for our label, God often gives us a limp. While they were wrestling, while Jacob and, and God essentially were wrestling, they touch his hip. He touches his hip, and Jacob's hip from that moment on is always hurting. Jacob from that moment on is always going to walk with a limp. Jacob is always going to be hurting because of that experience with God. Now, here's what I think this means for us. I think that so many times when we live with the labels in our lives, we look at the labels and the way that it has caused us to live, and we look back on those things with shame and guilt and regret, and we go, oh, I wish I could change that. Here's what I think. When God changes our labels and when God moves in and God intervenes, here's what I think happens. I think we think about our past and the things that we've done and everything that's happened with us, and I think that we see those things, and when we look at those after God changes our labels, we don't see shame or guilt or pain. We see the power of God in our lives. And I think we walk through our lives with the limp, and the limp is not a sign of weakness. The limp is a sign of power. The limp is a sign of God's strength. The limp is a sign that God has worked in us in our lives. And we look at our limp and go, this limp is not a limp saying, I'm not strong. This limp is saying, I'm incredibly strong. Because I was weak before. When I could walk, when I was okay, when I had the labels, I could, I could walk before. I was okay before. But with this limp, Paul says, he says, in my weakness, God's power is made perfect. God's power is made perfect in our weakness. So you may feel like you have a limp. You may be able to look back at the things in the past. They're not all going to go away. But instead of them being a source of shame, they will be a source of power of going, look at what my God did. And yes, it feels like a limp, but that's okay. Because God's power is made perfect in my weakness. Therefore, I will boast in my weakness. Because God's power is made strong in us. And then the third thing, the third thought about labels is that God wants to change our label. God wants to change our label. I believe that you're here because God wants to change your label. That you didn't come in here by accident. I believe that God wants to deliver you and free you from the labels that you have lived your life with. I believe that you're here because God has brought you here to say that label that you have thought of, that label that is negative, that label that is messed up, you don't have to live with that anymore. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to invite the band back, and we're not done yet, okay? So don't, some people, you leave when the band comes out, don't leave. We're not done yet. We still have some time. I'm going to ask them to come back, and we're going to play a song. And here's what we're going to do while they play a song. And we're not even going to put the words on the screen for the first part of the song. They're just going to sing over us. But we're going to take this label. And we're going to write that negative word. And we've been thinking about it probably throughout the whole message. We're going to write it down. And again, you may need to hide it from your neighbor because you don't want them to see it or do whatever, but we're going to write it down. And this is going to be a moment. We're going to create some space for us to wrestle with God, kind of like Jacob wrestled with God, and to spend time with God and to identify the label that you've been carrying around that you need God to, to free you from, and you need God to change your name about. What is the label that you need God to change? And as they come out and they sing over us, this is your opportunity. This is your moment. And again, if you're new to all this, if you're new to Christianity, if you're new to church, what? come on, you can still do this. What is the label? What is the negative label that you have been carrying around for the rest of your life? Or for, for all of your life that you don't want to for the rest of your life? So I'm going to pray and then they're going to sing over us. And then we'll be back to explain a little bit more what to do with these labels. Father, thank you so much.
Thank you so much for helping to deliver us from these labels. God, we know for some of us, this is going to be the beginning of a journey. We know for some of us, God, this is going to be the beginning of a process. We know for some of us, this is going to be the beginning of something that is going to end maybe in a year, maybe in two years. But God, this is the beginning. And God, so we say today, we don't want those labels in our lives anymore. And God, we pray and we ask that you would give us the courage to write down the negative label that we have in our lives. And God, we pray for the strength to write that down. And God, we ask that you would, like you did with Jacob, you would change our labels. You would change this label that we have in our lives. And God, we trust you with our labels. We trust you with the things that are negative. We trust you with these things that we don't even, we're not even sure can be changed, but God, we know that you can change them. So God, we pray that you would intervene in these negative labels we have in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.